0: As you can see, this, this, this month is July, and we're, our topic will be praise and worship. Amen. And we're going to be looking at that. And uh, I'm so grateful because when I first met my wife, one of the first books she, she bought for me was a book on the power in praise. And it really made an impact on me. I never thought about it that way, about how praise and worship could be a weapon and how we can use praise, amen. But we're going to look at that this month and study how we can uh, use praise and worship in so many different ways. And God has given us that as, as a weapon, as a blessing, amen, of course, to give him glory. And this, this first lesson, we're going to look at faith in action. Because when we do praise, when we're in a, a situation we're still worshiping God, that is faith. Faith. When we, when we praise, when we worship, that is actually faith in action. Amen. And then we're going to just look uh, the coming weeks at worship and at thankful, thankfulness and how praise and worship is also a weapon. Amen. So this week we're going to look at faith in action, which is praise. 1 Peter one seven says this, that the trial of your faith being more precious than that of God, Than that of gold that perisheth, perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto the praise. Your trial is found unto the praise. Have you thought about it that way? That your trial is actually a praise and honor and glory. Think about that. That's not how I would have thought about it. But here the scripture is saying that what you're going through actually gives God glory. You know how he does it? He may be having a conversation with Satan and says, Hast thou considered my servant? <laughs> how, despite what you throw at him or her, they have kept their integrity. They're still coming to church. They're still lifting up their hand. They're still worshiping. They're still giving me glory. They're still giving me praise. That's a weapon. That's how the Lord shames Satan. Has you considered my servant, Job, and how even though you've done all this stuff to him, he is still? That's why Peter said that that it might be found unto the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. In the New Testament, it speaks about the bema seat judgment, and Paul, in writing about that, he was he he used a lot of um, allegories and analogies, and he. Like he used the the dress of a Roman soldier to to use as the the, um, analogy for our armor. And he used this race that the Romans and the Greeks used to participate in. And at the end, there was a judge who gave out prizes. And it was called the Bema seat. And it was a seat of judgment, but not of condemnation. It was a seat of rewards. And he says, we must all appear at the judgment, the Bema seat of Christ, to receive. Do you know there's some prizes going to be handed out? That's why he says you've got to run a certain way. Run that you may what? That you may obtain. You see, some of us, some of us, you know, we, we, we're not really running. We kind of tread in water. But Paul says to run that we may obtain. And it's amazing, Peter says, that the trial of our faith, being more precious than that of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto the praise. I have to think about that. That's so profound and deep that your trial can be found unto the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's when, that's when he will say, well done thou good and faithful servant. Amen. I want to hear those words. I want to hear those words. Well done thou good, and faithful servant. Amen. See, it's all good and okay to speak about faith, but faith, just like love, really has to be shown. I can tell you I love you, but it really only manifests in an action. When I show you, I love you. Right? When I show you, I love you. That's why the Bible said God so loved the world that he gave. There was an action. That manifests with certain things like love and faith. I trust you. I really do. Can you can you spare me a 20? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. No. When you trust, the faith comes out in an action. There will be some actions behind it. So let's look at what James says about this. Now, people get confused with faith towards God and faith towards men. The only way you can see my faith is through my actions. Now God sees the heart, but you can't. So if I want to demonstrate faith, you can only know it through my actions. And that's the difference between what Paul was saying and what James was saying. In Romans when he says that, uh, when Paul is speaking about faith without works, he's speaking towards God. God can look directly at your heart. But the only way men can see is to see your good works or not. <laughs> right? Or not? So in James 2:14, it says, "What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works? Can faith save him?" That means can can it do a, a saving work if I don't actually manifest anything? I believe, but I never pray, I never come to church, I never read my Bible. Can that save me if I just say I believe? No. If a brother and sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto him, Depart in peace, be warmed, and filled, notwithstanding, he give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. So we have, when we claim we have faith, we should be able to point to some works that we did not that those save us, but it manifests our faith. The Roman soldier, when he came to Jesus, manifested his faith by saying, listen, you don't even have to come to my house. I understand how this works. I am a man of authority. And when I say go to my servant, he goes. When I say come, he comes. And I understand who you are. It's amazing that the only two times Jesus was in other words, flabbergasted, was to two Gentiles. It was to this Roman soldier. Jesus said, the Bible said he marveled at his faith. He marveled at his faith. The second time the Bible says he did that was to that Syrophoenician woman who he he called a dog. (laughs) And she still did not run off. You know, he was testing her faith. He wouldn't even talk to her. And she she was so humble, she said, but even the dogs eat the crumbs. And the Bible said he marveled at her. Wouldn't it be great if God could marvel at our faith? If we could make him marvel. The truth is we we, we never surprise him. We do exactly what he thinks we're going to do. Amen. Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead. Being alone. Yea, a man say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Amen. When we exhibit praise, that is a work of faith. Because you may not feel like praising God. Don't about you, I woke up this morning all tired and uh, bedraggled, and and if I wasn't pastor... (laughs) I'd be thinking some way to write in a note. <laughs> right? I'd be, I'd be sending in a note. I mean, that's what my flesh feels like. That's what my flesh feels like. The devil was, me and the devil was having a talk this morning. He's telling me, listen, if you were not pastor and just some saint, look at what you wouldn't have to do. Boy, you could, you could, you know, just, you could still be a good saint and not do nothing. He's a liar, isn't he? Because this says you can't be a good saint and do nothing. But that's what he was telling me. He's telling me, man, you could could take off on a vacation. (laughs) You could do all kinds of things. You wouldn't have that responsibility. See, that would not be faith. That would not be faith. Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. Yeah, man say thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith. Amen. Without thy works, and I will show thee. Now, you may say, what does this have to do with praise? But when we do this, when we are praising God, that is a work of faith. Because as I said, you may not be feeling it this morning. You may, you may be going through all kinds of trials and tribulations because the Bible tells us that everybody has got to take up what? Their own cross. Now, your cross may be different from mine, but if you're a follower of Christ, you have one. You have one. All of us have a cross that we have to pick up. And some of them may be heavy and wooden. Some of them may be heavier and golden. (laughs) And they look beautiful. But you don't try picking it up. But all of us have a cross. And when we can still praise God, just as it said in 1 Peter, that the trial of our faith will be to the praise. Will be to the praise of God. So praise and worship is really a form of faith in action. You may think, well, because I pray for someone and they're they're healed. Yes, that's faith. But even just getting up and coming to church, when you don't feel like it, when you're telling the devil something that he he wants you to not do, that is faith in action. That is a praise. That is worship. Amen. We're going to look at how that today is, is really a weapon that we can use. Amen. James was saying that without Um, an action then our faith does not manifest it does not bring forth any kind of harvest so praise and worship is a form of faith in action amen when you don't feel like it i remember as a when i was a teenager i I told you this story before and i'd come home when i was feeling miserable i'd sit at the piano and i'd start to play and i'd play myself happy and when i was finished i'd get up and i'd go like. I feel so much better. You understand, when you get into that atmosphere of praise, that can defeat the enemy's um, attacks. That's why James said, show, show me your faith. And it's not even just doing what we think of going and praying. It's just being able to worship in your situation. Worship and just start to thank God in your situation. There is an action that comes with Praise. Here's what Hebrews said. It, in fact, it's a, it's a sacrifice. Hebrews thirteen fifteen says, By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice. I was in a gas station yesterday on our way back from Indianapolis. And I was wondering why the line was so long and people were up there buying stuff. And then I looked and it said, Powerball, 435 million. <laughs> and then the devil said to me, You're in Indiana. Nobody would know. Nobody would know. Nobody down here knows, knows about you. And then I noticed, noticed something about the cashier, which I told my wife afterwards. We were having a little little problem with my granddaughter. She was throwing up, and I had actually gone in there to see if she had any plastic bags. And... I went in the bathroom, couldn't find any towels, no paper towels to buy. And I said, our little granddaughter's throwing up. Do you, have any, do you sell paper towels? She said, no, but listen, let me go back in. She came out and she gave me the whole box of stuff for free that they do. And she said, just here. And then I went back and my wife said, no, we need more bags. It's much worse. So I went back in again and I still saw the crowd buying all that stuff. And then she, I came up and I said, I'm sorry to bother you, Miss, but do you have any more? She said, yes, here. And then I realized something about her. This lady was a church lady. <laughs> somebody was going to be watching me <laughs> you know you never know where you are but what I'm trying to say is that when we, when we think about what, uh, the temptations that come when we can still give God praise even in a difficult situation and I told her I said you go to church don't you she says yes then I noticed her music was playing and then I noticed some more, more things. You understand the devil was just there trying to say, look, you're in Indiana. Nobody's immune to temptation. The Bible said even Jesus was tempted. Just as we are, what? Yet without sin. Amen. So when we, when we, when we are in a terrible situation and we can still praise God, the Bible in Hebrews tells us that that is a sacrifice. Anybody here just having a beautiful No problem week. Everything that's going beautifully smooth for you, no issues. Well, if you can still come here today and lift your hand and say, thank you, Jesus. I love you. I thank you. I worship you. You know what that is? You're doing a sacrifice of praise. Because a sacrifice is when it costs you something. When you don't feel like it. When it's when it's not what your nature wants to do. It says, By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise. What that tells me is that we're to do it even when we don't feel like doing it. Even when we don't want to do it. When we when we really just want to tell people to go away. <laughs> when we want to just shut the door and stay in our little room and and have a pity party. But the Bible says that we should offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually that is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name that's what we're supposed to do but to do good and to communicate forget not for with such sacrifices God is well pleased the reason the children of Israel didn't make it to the promised land was their unbelief and their ungratefulness they were not thankful no matter what God did the next minute they were wanting to stone Moses Okay, all right, so you didn't make water come out of a rock. But what, where's the food? Okay, you made this bread come every day, but we're tired of this bread. Where's the meat? <laughs> Let's not be like that, but thank God for what we have to offer a sacrifice of praise. That is the action of praise. We may not feel like it, but if that's the time when to do it. When you don't feel like it, that's the time to start just worshiping. I'm thanking God for your situation because there's a miracle about to happen there. The miracle will start with you because your whole attitude will change. I've, I've said this example, you know, three o'clock on a Friday, your, your attitude starts to change. You're still at work, but you know what's coming. <laughs> so your attitude, your work hasn't changed. The situation hasn't changed, but your attitude starts to change. You know why? Because you can see the weekend coming. See, your attitude does not necessarily have to depend upon your situation. You can change your atmosphere. And how you do that is start to praise. Satan hates that. He hates when he sees someone start to worship and to thank God. Amen. Let's look at some examples of praise in action. Now you may not think this is praise in action. Uh, but let me first read Peter first. It says, but ye are a chosen generation. Why are we chosen? A royal priesthood and holy nation, a peculiar people. I, I'm sorry to keep using the example, but that's what comes to mind is when our house was burning down and the guy keeps, your wife is smiling. What's she smiling for? Your house is burning down. <laughs> and you know, I was so carnal. I said, Lord, don't let him think we did this for the insurance money because... Because that's the only reason why someone's smiling in their house and their car is burning up and she's smiling. But you know what? That was praise in action. I was just trying to look solemn and grim. (laughs) I was trying to look the way it should be when your house is burning down. But she wasn't like that. She was smiling and looking at her car burning up. You are a peculiar people. Why? That you should show forth the praises of him who called you out of darkness. You're peculiar when you can smile when stuff is going wrong. What's wrong with you? <laughs> didn't, you didn't you know something bad has just happened? Why, why you, people think you're crazy. They think you're weird. But that is praise in action. Amen. That's when the miracle is really starting to happen. Because the miracle has to start with you. Do you understand that? When you, when you put a, a drop of ink in water... Where does it start first? The middle where it falls. Then it spreads out. How are you going to get your miracle if it doesn't start with you? It's when you have praise in action and you start to worship and there's a smile on your face. When all around you is crazy and looks disastrous, that's when the ink starts to spread out. Satan starts to scratch his head and say, what am I going to do with this person? And just like Jesus, he will have to leave you for a season. That's what the Bible said. He left Jesus for a season. See, praise has to start with you. You want to change stuff around you? It's not going to change from the outside in. It's got to change from the inside out. In the Old Testament, when God gave the instructions to build a temple, you know how he gave it? You know where it started? From the inside out. It started with the ark, and then he went out. It didn't start with the curtains on the outside. It shows you where the miracle and the power of God has got to start. You want your miracle? You start praising him and worship, worshiping him as if it's already happened. And then just like the ink drop that drops in the water, it spreads out. That's how it works. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood and holy nation a peculiar people why that you should show forth the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light amen let's look at uh, an example of something here that you may not at first look think has much to do with praise jonah jonah you know his story he decided i'm not going to preach to these isis people because the Assyrians were the ISIS of his day, they their their normal form of um, disposing of people was to skin them alive, and then to put them on poles. They were the ISIS, They were a terror. They would they would devastate, and they were one of Israel's greatest enemies. And God wants me to go preach to them. <laughs> Don't get so hard on Jonah, because we would run too. We you know if if God told you go 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 to Syria and preach to ISIS. You know what we'd be saying? Is there anyone else up there? <laughs> we'd be asking to hear a different voice. So we have to cut Jonah some slack. But he realized you cannot run from God. You cannot run from God. Jonah 2.7, it says, When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer went up to you into your holy temple, those who regard worthless uh, idols forsake their own mercy, but I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving you know when you know when Jonah became became thanksgiving you know when he really sacrificed and prayed and worshiped it was when he was in the whale that 's when he was praying that 's when he was giving praise was when he was in the whale. I will pay what I have vowed salvation of the Lord so the lord's Do you understand what happened? He started praying worship and thanksgiving in the whale. It started with him. Then what the Lord did, the Lord then spoke to the fish. See, it's like the ink drop in the water. It starts with you. No matter where you are, if if you're in the belly of the whale and can give praise and thanks, something will happen. Something will happen. He started to worship when he was in the whale. (laughs) Think about that. He had already been eaten. He had already looked hopeless. He was just about ready now to, that's it. But it was there that he decided he was going to turn around and said, When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer went up unto you in your holy temple. Those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy. But I will sacrifice. This was a sacrifice because he was about to die. This wasn't where you would think you should be worshiping when you're in the belly of the whale. But this is where he decided to worship. And look what happened. After he worshiped, the Lord spoke to the fish. The Lord will speak into your situation. And it vomited Jonah onto dry land. So instead of murmuring and complaining about that, he had been a, a good prophet his whole life. He just made this one mistake, Lord, and now look what you did to me. (laughs) The rest of my life, I would have been a perfect prophet. I did everything. you. I just made this one little mistake and look how hard you come down on me. No, he started to worship and acknowledge his mistake. And when he did that, even in the belly of the fish is where the Lord spoke to the fish and turned around his situation. So you may think that Jonah had some bad characteristics which he did which we all do we can murmur with the best of them (laughs) we can we can throw stones at moses with the best of them why did he bring us out here and we forget about how bad it was in slavery instead of murmuring and complaining about the situation jonah does the right thing he turns his attention towards god and starts to pray and worship amen you see when we get into that situation is when we have to then worship. That's when praise and worship becomes faith in action. Amen. Faith in a- Let's look at it in the New Testament example. And of course, there's so many of those examples. In Acts 16, 22, uh, this concerns Paul and Silas. And the multitude rose up. Together against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. You ever read Paul when he was recounting in Corinth? He said, "Thrice I was I was beaten with thirty-nine stripes. Uh, three times I was shipwrecked. I was left. I was stoned." Talk about someone who suffered greatly. Let's talk about someone who could have said, "Are you sure you call me God? <laughs> Are you sure I'm your apostle?" Because look what's happening to me. You know, we do that. We, 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 we say, to God, look at what's happening. And yet I'm supposed to be your child. Well, look what happened to Paul. And of course, look what happened to Jesus, who was the son, the very son. And they tore off his clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes, I bet Paul's back looked by the end of his life so scarred and, and, and raked and twisted up and, and pockmarked because he had, he, had, he had almost been killed just by beatings three times. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison. See, at this point, we'd be saying, God, what are you doing? What are you doing, God? I'm doing what you asked me to do. I went and preached to these people, and look what happened. They cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. Who having received such trust charge, thrust them into the inner prison. That means they put them in the lowest, worst dungeon where it was wet. There was rats. There was filth. It smelled. It stank. There was nothing dressing on their back. Their backs were against the wall. They were put in stocks and chains. Now you have any reason not to praise God? You have any reason to complain? and say, I can't praise God, my situation is too bad. You know, they were facing execution the next day. That was just the warm-up to what was going to happen to them. But listen, at midnight, at the darkest part of the night, Paul and Silas prayed, and they started to sing praises. What faith, what faith, what faith in action. When was the last time at midnight in your situation you just started to worship God? Worship God. Because remember what I said, it's like the ink drop. Your situation's not going to change until it starts with you. When it's changing in you, then expect... You know what we expect? We expect God to change the outside. Then we will change and get happy. When we see it start to happen around us, then we start to get happy. But that's not how it works. It's first got to start with you. And this is what Paul and Silas did. At midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises. Praises unto God. They started thanking God. That's why Paul said, I have learned. You have to learn this. I have learned in whatever situation I find myself, thereby to be... If you're a child of God and you're in his will, whatever situation you're in... You just need to be peaceful and wait upon the Lord. Amen. He said, "I have learnt." And so at midnight, here they are singing. They sang praises, worship, thanking God. They weren't thanking God because they'd been beaten up and brutalized. But they were thanking God that they were in his service. Lord, I thank you that I've been able to preach to these people. I thank you, God, that you love them even though they have treated me this way. Lord, I thank you because you've given me the grace to forgive them even though they've, they've been trying to torture us. But you know what happens? When it starts with you, then it expands outwards. Verse 26, and suddenly, let's say, and suddenly... That's how quick your situation can change when you have worship on the inside. That's how quick your situation can change. That suddenly, it can turn from midnight to daylight. And suddenly, there was a great earthquake. God doesn't need keys. (laughs) He doesn't need keys to take the locks off. He just shook the place. And everybody... And the, the beautiful thing about this is their worship didn't just release them. It released every single other person in the prison. Your worship can have an effect on those around you. Your faith can have a healing, delivering effect, even on the people around you. And there was a great earthquake, so the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bands were loose. Every, not just theirs, Everyone in the prison was loosed because of their worship. Everyone on your block who's going through all kinds of addictions and crisis can be loosed when you start to worship. When you're feeling the worst, when you're at your midnight hour, that's when you need to do this. That's when you should just choose. You know what? Although I'm feeling this way, I'm going to lift up my hand. I'm going to start thanking you, Lord. Although I don't see any way out, although I'm in the belly of the whale, although I'm in a crisis, although I can't pay my bills, although they're coming to evict me, although they're going to, I don't know how I'm going to pay the light bill. That's what I'm going to worship. Try it because that's what makes you a peculiar people, <laughs> a chosen generation, because that is faith in action. That's all you have to do. It's as simple as that in your crisis. I challenge you this week to just start worshiping and thanking God for his mercy and his grace. Just worshiping from your heart and see what will happen. If nothing else, your attitude will change. And if nothing else, your own attitude will change. And at midnight, they prayed and they worshiped and suddenly there was an earthquake. Just like when Jonah was in the whale and God then spoke to the fish. Because God reacts to faith. It's not that he doesn't see our tears, but he reacts to faith. Isn't that what the Bible says? It is impossible to please him unless you come to him in faith. Believe. You have to first believe that he is. That means that he exists and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Diligently. You know that bumper sticker, wise men still seek him? They diligently sought him. Let's see what happened when they prayed like that. All of their bonds were loosed. Everyone's bands were loosed. I'm telling you that this is the key that we don't use most of the time and it's so simple. It's just to go against what we're feeling like. In the Old Testament we see more of that faith in action and probably to me and I've said this before, and I'm sorry I'm going to say it again. One of the greatest examples of this was David. No wonder God called him a man after his own heart. You know the story? He and Bathsheba had had a baby, and the baby was very sick. Second Samuel 12:16. David therefore besought, he prayed, he fasted for the child. And David fasted and went and lay all night upon the earth. And it came to pass on the seventh day, the child still died. The child still died. Now, most of us would all get angry, start shouting at God. I did everything you asked me to. I prayed. I fasted. And the child still died. That's what Job's wife told him to do. Why don't you curse God? He obviously doesn't love you. Right? Right? Because our situation overwhelms us. And the devil then uses that to sow more discord into our brains. And the servants were afraid to tell him that the child had died. For they said, behold, while the child was yet alive, we spake unto him and he would not hearken. He wouldn't listen to us. Now we will then vex him if we tell him that the child is dead. But David saw them whispering and he figured out what was going on now this must have been peculiar and amazing to everyone around but when David saw that his servants whispered and perceived that the child was dead therefore David said unto his servants "Is the child dead and they said he is dead he is dead what does David do does he get mad at God here's what David did then David Arose, washed himself, anointed himself, changed his apparel, and came into the house of the Lord and worshiped. God just let your child die. Can you still worship then? Can you still not get mad at God? Now that's a test, isn't it? That's a test. See, and all of us here, we think we got issues and stuff, but David's child died after he prayed and worshiped and fasted and God allowed it. Sometimes God will allow some things based upon our own choices. Because you know what David had done before that? He had committed murder, he had committed adultery, he had committed all kinds of stuff. Believe it or not, as I said a couple weeks ago, God still loved him. Remember what I said, how God shows his love? He chasteneth those he loves. You know, we we love to say God shows us his love by giving us stuff and patting us on the back and giving us all our goodies and our toys. But the Bible says that God chasteneth, he punishes those he loves. He punishes those he loves. David understood all of this. He humbled himself. He got up, got changed, went to the temple and worshipped. And worshipped. That, that just blows my mind. But this is faith and trust in God. Job had the same thought. He said, though he slay me, though he kill me, yet will I serve him. That kind of faith is what moves mountains. You know that? That's the kind of faith that changes not just you, but everything around you. This is why God said, he's a man after my own heart. Even though he had done some terrible things, even though he did worse things than Saul, he knew when he was corrected to humble himself. That's the key with God. When we repent, it's not that we won't make mistakes. It's not that we won't sin. Because scripture says all have sinned and fallen short. But the scripture also says while we were yet sinners, he loved us. While we were still in our mess, while we still had no care about God. He said he loved us even when we were at that stage. So this is a great example of of faith in action through worship even when God didn't do what you asked for, even when you did lose the job, even when you didn't get the promotion, can you still worship? Can you still give God thanks? Amen. Let's look at the the ultimate example of that I've been talking about. Job chapter 1, verse 1. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was perfect and upright, one that feared God and eschewed evil. That means he tried to stay away from anything that looked evil. And you know the story jumping down. One day, all the bad news came because God was boasting about Job. God said, have you considered my servant Job? That there's none like him? Man, he gets up in the morning, he prays for his children, he goes to church, he helps the widows, he helps the orphans. He does all this stuff. And Satan said, yeah, well, you know why. It's because he let all the good stuff you give him all this, all this good stuff. You put a, a wall around him. Just, just let me at ha- him for just a little bit, and I'll show you if he really loves you. So God said, well, you know, all of the physical things is already in your hand. So Satan goes to town. You know that? He, 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 he kills all of his children. He takes away all his wealth. And yet Job still holds his integrity. Satan isn't willing to give up easily. He says, well, you know what? It's because he's still okay. Just let me make him real sick. Then we'll see what the real story is. And God says, okay, you can make him sick, but you can't kill him because his soul, his life belongs to me. Have you ever had one of those days where everything bad, the bad news just starts coming on in at the same time? Tire got flat. This happened. This. It just all starts happening. while he was yet speaking, There came also another and said, Thy sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house. And it fell upon the young men and they are dead. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. And Job rose and rent his mantle. In those days, the sign of, of mourning was to tear your clothes. Shaved his head and fell upon the ground. And then what did he do? Then what did he do? His children just been killed. His land been taken. And yet the first thing he does is to worship. Wow. Think about that. Think about that. What we would be doing would be be complaining. We'd be calling up the pastor and say, you didn't pray for me. (laughs) I asked you to pray for me and you didn't pray for me someone has told me that more than one person has told me that before believe it or not I asked you to pray for a husband and you didn't pray for me (laughs) I have been told that but you know what Job did he went and worshipped he went and worshipped you've just been told your children have been killed and like David he does a peculiar thing he goes and worships. Think about that. Think about that. And then he said this naked I came out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Can you do that when your car is being repossessed? <laughs> Blessed be the name of the Lord. It's not he who dies with the most wins. You know that. Because you can only be buried in one suit. No matter how... If you have 30, they're only going to choose one. That's how it's going to go. That's all you're going to get is one. You see, sometimes we lose perspective of why we're here and who it is we, we serve and whose child we belong to. And I'm guilty of it too. Sometimes the cares of life choke us and we don't really realize that we should be instead of complaining and murmuring it's a time for worship and getting over the fact that whatever situation we're in it's time to worship blessed be the name of the lord verse 22 in all this job sinned not nor charge didn't start to shake his fist at god god this is your fault you did this you let this happen why did this happen the truth is Job could not understand and God could not explain. There's many things God would like to tell us, but we can't understand. And I challenge you, I've challenged you before to describe a cloud to someone born blind. You can't do it. There's no way to describe a cloud to someone born blind. You, you, you have to have a common experience. When I say a rose, you understand a rose because you've all seen one. So, I don't have to try and explain. When we have that Holy Spirit, what God is doing is bringing us back to that common experience. The Bible says we see through a glass darkly, but one day we will know as we are known. That's why you have to then trust God. See that little baby there? You can't explain to that baby why he has to get an injection. There's no point telling him, well, it's because there's tuberculosis and there's whooping cough, and the doctor says this is good. You can't explain that. All the baby knows is you're sitting there and letting this man, this strange man in a white coat, take a big sharp needle and jab into your arm and you're not doing anything about it. You're just watching. See, but when, when that happens to us, we start getting mad at God. You see, Paul understood this in, in 2 Corinthians 12. He said, I had a thorn in the flesh and I prayed three times for God to take it out of the way. And God said, mm-mm, no you need this shot. You need this inoculation. You need this little injection. Because I know if you didn't have it, you'd get very prideful, Paul. And finally, Paul understood. He said, because of the surpassing revelations that had been giving me, I understood now why God wouldn't remove this thing. He want me to understand I'm still a man. Still have to put on my clothes the same way as other men, right? One foot at a time. Sometimes God will allow stuff But that doesn't mean we still can't praise him. It's in those times, just like David and Job, that's when we have to go to our knees and start worshiping and thanking him. And then something will start to happen, first with us, and then with the surrounding atmosphere. Amen. So praise does several things, though. When we start worshiping in a situation where we shouldn't be worshiping, as that man who saw my wife, he, 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 he could not believe it. It does things to others. As I said, when Paul and Silas worshiped, it didn't just free them, it, it freed everybody in the prison. In fact, they had a revival. In the end, he ended up, as you know, baptizing the jailer. So praise helps us share with others the blessings that are not material, Acts chapter 2, verse 7. When the Holy Spirit came on them, look at what happened. And they were all amazed, the people who were around, and amazed, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? Don't they come from the Hollas of West Virginia? They've never been to college. But here we, we hear them speaking. What were they speaking? How we hear we every man in our own tongue where we, we were born, Parthians and Medes and Elamites. When the Holy Ghost came... You know the first thing that the Holy Spirit was speaking? I'm going to just jump down to verse 11. Cretes and and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues, the what? That's what the Holy Spirit will do when it first comes. It will make you give praise. They were declaring God's goodness, the wonderful works of God, how, how he can change a life, how he can make these 12 people who would never have gotten along, as I said, come together and be in unity. People who didn't probably like each other, came from completely different backgrounds. They were all speaking the wonderful works of God. They were praising God. They were lifting up and saying, God, thank you. For the first time, first time in 4,000 years, they're again now sons of God because that's what the Holy Spirit does. It gives us the power to become The last son of God before Jesus Christ was Adam. That was thousands of years before. No wonder they were happy and rejoicing because this thing that had been promised for thousands of years was now finally being fulfilled on them. We do hear them speak in our tongue the wonderful works of God. Imagine you went into work and all you did was talk about how good God is. People look at you and say, but... Aren't you sick? Didn't your child just die last week? What are you talking about? They think you're crazy. And you still saying, but God is good. He's a good God. He's a great God. Amen. He's a wonderful God. He has blessed me. And they'll be looking at you like, are you crazy? <laughs> Try it. Christians should be the most joyful people. People should want to be around us. We should light up a room with the glory of God, not our glory, but all praise and glory to him. We should really be the the, the people want to say, what are they eating? What are they smoking? What kind of spirit are they drinking? It's not the one in the bottle. It's not the one you can buy at the liquor store. It's the one that comes from God almighty. See, when we praise God, that declares our faith. It declares our faith to everyone around us. When they see us, you know, we should be down and 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 and, and, and mean mugging people as they say. <laughs> Instead, you, you you have a light. People should want to know what's wrong with you? Why are you so happy? Well, you know what I say when people ask me, you know what I say, right? When people ask me how I'm doing, I say, better than I deserve. That always starts a conversation. What do you mean better than... Then I get an opportunity to start to tell them because God loves me. He has blessed me. He has favored me. That don't mean I don't have troubles. But he has delivered me so many times. So I'm doing better than I deserve. You are doing better than you deserve because that's God's mercy and his grace. You see, when we start to worship, you know what we're doing? We're making god bigger than our problem we're magnifying the god and minimizing the problem that's what we're doing we're putting a magnifying glass on our savior psalms 118 28 thou art my god and i will praise thee thou art my god i will exalt this is david's secret it wasn't that he was such a great person but he knew how to worship He would get on his harp and start to to play and even the devils around Saul would go off. They couldn't stand worship. You want to clear your atmosphere? Put on some gospel music, start lifting up your hands, start worshiping. Psalm 69 verse 30, I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify him. When you start to praise God and make him bigger than your issues, then your issues are actually shrinking right? If you're making God bigger than your issues, your issues start to shrink, right? That's why, that's why David wasn't phased by Goliath. He says, I don't care how big you are. You're an uncircumcised Philistine and my God is bigger than you. In other words, David was magnifying his God. He was worshiping and calling the Philistines names. Uh, you, you are nothing because you came here in 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 with a sword and a shield but you know what i'm coming with i'm coming with the name of the lord he was magnifying his god don't magnify your problem magnify your god yeah. lift up his name in your situation the next time you have a problem just say jesus is bigger than this yeah say it speak it out speak it out to the atmosphere just tell the world jesus is bigger than this amen i bet you would be surprised i challenge you i i I actually am challenge you when you wake up tomorrow you just whatever problem you got just say jesus is bigger than this tell tell goliath so to speak that he's an uncircumcised philistine (laughs) and you're coming in the name of the lord Because the God we serve is bigger than any problem. I will praise the name of God with a song and I will magnify him with thanksgiving. See, praise establishes our faith. And the greater we see God, the smaller will be our problems. That's how David did it. He thought about, you know what? I killed a lion. And I killed a bear. So what are you? (laughs) He remembered what God had already done. He started to magnify the miracle power of God. Every time, you know, my flesh wants to see a problem, God says, nope, I'm not giving you that excuse. And he fixes it. And he says, now what are you going to do? All I can do is thank him. Because he removes it out of the way. This is what God has called us to. You want to to, to be the ink drop that spreads out. Amen. So it's got to start with you. Amen. You got to speak to your issue and say, my God is bigger than this. I'm going to magnify my God. When we magnify God, we minimize the issue. That's what praise and worship will do. This is, again, faith in action. Amen. Faith in action. Of course, as I said, when we do this continually, it starts to change us. It starts to change us. Look what uh, the scripture says the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Now, you may think, well, then I can't speak because my heart is sad. No, faith is when you start to speak it, it becomes it. I will exalt. That's what David said. You know, Christopher preached about the time when David was, was with the enemies and he had to play like a fool, right? And the other time he was hiding in a cave and the Bible said he attracted all kinds of malcontents and it, he he attracted the worst kind of people because he was in such a, a situation but then there's another time when david said you know i encourage myself <laughs> sometimes you're going to have no one to encourage you david said he encouraged himself how did you do that? he must have just thinking you know god when i was a youth the prophet came and anointed me and said that i was going to be king and it hasn't happened yet so you know what that means it's still going to happen if it hasn't happened yet. It's still going to happen. The Bible says, though the vision tarry, amen, it will not fail. If God has got something for you, nobody, nothing can take it away. The only person who can stand in the way is you. You are the only one who can delay your own blessing. And I tell you how you can accelerate it by just starting to thank God and to worship. Hebrews 13 15 says but again by him therefore let us offer a sacrifice sacrifice of praise to God continually that is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name Matthew 15 18 says but those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart and they defile the man many times and I'm very guilty of this I say negative things you know my flesh says no it's not going to work out man this is terrible you ever said that Imagine if we could go a week without giving voice to those thoughts. I don't think, I don't think they have, they become powerful till we say them. Okay. So let us try in this month that we're talking about praise and worship, even just let's go a week. I'm going to try to, I'm going to really try. That's, this is my weakness. Pray for me. I'm going to try to not be negative. If we could imagine the faith that would come out of our mouth if we would only be saying the positive things. God God's got this. God's instead of man this looks terrible. Don't know how God's got this. Can we say that? Let's say it. God's got this. Amen. Amen. If we could look at the things we're facing and instead of making a declaration of, of trouble and of hopelessness. We just say God has got... That is a form of praise in action. We're magnifying our creator. Matthew 12.35 says, A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. For by thy words thou shalt be justified. See, we need to say God loves me. Come on, say it. God loves me. Now, Satan is saying little little bit of doubt in there. He's, he's putting some doubt in there and saying, no, he doesn't. You messed up. But if you can say God loves you, when you get up tomorrow morning, I want that be the first thing you say. I'm loved. I'm blessed and highly favored. You know what you're doing? You're setting the table for your day. I'm loved. I'm blessed and I'm highly favored. When you start out the day with those declarations, Satan is going to go, hmm, I've got to go away and come back with a plan B. It's not working out the way I thought it was. Because for by thy words thou shalt be what? Justified and by thy words shalt thou be condemned. I want to say good things out of my words. I want to bless myself. As, as we know that, that in the book of John we see that John had gone around telling all the disciples that he was Jesus' favorite and they believed him. He's the disciple whom Jesus loves. And they believed him. But then you realize that he was the one who wrote that because you don't find it in any of the books. (laughs) But, But he persuaded them. So after a while they would go to him to ask Jesus' favor. Hey, you go ask him. Because you keep on saying you're the disciple whom he loves see i want to i want to tell you something i'm the disciple who jesus loves (laughs) you need to believe that for yourself amen when you start telling you those telling yourself you got to speak to your atmosphere for by thy words thou shalt be what justified and by thy words thou shalt be condemned so we many times we condemn ourselves many times we magnify our problem by saying man This looks bad. I've said it, man, I don't know how this is going to work out. (laughs) Right? You've all said that. Am I the only one? But what we should say is, man, God's got this. This is an opportunity for a miracle. Amen. This is an opportunity for blessing. I don't know how this is going to work out, but I'm going to just give this to God. You know what you're doing? You're actually worshiping. That is praise in action. Amen. Let me, let me give you one last example. Then we're going to go into some, uh, uh, questions here. John 11:41. you know this story. Jesus went to the tomb of Lazarus, and they were all weeping and crying and carrying on. John 11:41, then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, "Father, I thank thee. When do we start our prayers by thanking God? It would be nice to just thank him before we start asking, right? First thing we do is, Lord, we need this, give me that, I need this fixed. But even the Lord's Prayer says, hallowed be thy name. It's all about God first. Thy kingdom come, thy will be, before we start asking him for stuff. Jesus gave us an example here of a praise of faith. He says, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. He declares that he has already been heard before he even says what he was going to say. Amen? Do you see that? He declares, Thou hast already heard me. Each of us are facing some situations. God already knows the situation. So all we have to say is, God, you have already heard me. I'm giving you this situation. And I knew thou hearest me always. Jesus was only speaking this stuff out so the other people could hear it. Verse 43, And when he cried, When he had thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. That's all he said. And when he that was dead came forth bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin, Jesus said unto them, loose him and let him go. The point I'm making is praise is is, is not even just necessarily singing. It's what you say. It's when you give confidence to God that's behind you. When you say, this is not going to be the end of it. God is going to be in this situation. That is worship. That is praise. That is magnifying the creator. Jesus started off. He says, you've always heard me. You never not hear me. And that is also worship. Amen. If you could stand with me, we're going to close this, this part of our session. Amen. I hope you've been blessed. I hope you've been encouraged. I hope you will try some of this tomorrow. You wake up and you say, I am the beloved of the Savior and whatever problems i'm facing today god you have this i put it into your care i'm going to have a blessed day i'm blessed and highly favored see when we make some declarations we are actually worshiping that's what paul and silas did at midnight instead of starting to realize that they start sing songs of worship they started sing songs of praise and what did god do there came an earthquake god doesn't need a key to your situation Because when he arose in Matthew 20, he says, all power. Do you believe that? He said, all power, all power in heaven and in earth is given unto me. That means Satan is lying to you. He has no power. He only has deception. He only has trickery. But Jesus said, all power in heaven and earth is given unto me. Hallelujah. If you could bow your hearts with me, Father, we thank you today for your mercy and your grace. Help us to get a grasp, a hold of your magnificence, O God, of worshiping you, of declaring your goodness, O God. We thank you for all that you're doing, Lord Jesus, in our lives. Help us this week, Lord God, to get into a state of worship, of praise, of lifting you up. Hallelujah. Of magnifying your greatness. Lord, we just thank you right now for all that you're going to do In Jesus' name. Let's give God a praise offering.